we haven't really known where we were going but we've been dealing with this for um, a long time uh, a slow progression that has not popped up one day it's not been like a secret I don't know what's gonna happen I you know I'm, uh, the whole thing I'm looking for friendship with Kate and we don't have that now we don't have anything now you know it's just like two people that happen to live here it's been like it's a total breakdown of everything um i had decided i just need relief now and um i need to turn the page it's life it's a roller coaster it's the way it happens sometimes you just go off the tracks um i don't hate kate um but you know i have to do what's best for me and my kids you know, them first. But uh, it's just, you know, it's hard to talk about. You know? uh, Kate and I have decided to separate. Yes, we uh, have decided um, that we will separate. I try to contemplate and think about it and would it be better for us. It's just not good for our kids, for us to be arguing in front of our kids. And it just, we can't be cordial with one another. And then... We decided to separate. I'm not very fond of the idea, personally, um, but I know it's necessary because my goal is peace for the kids. It's a shame. And I will always love her as the mother of my kids. You know, we're not running away from them. We're just living our separate lives, and but coming back and being with them. <clears throat> I'm tired of smiling on the outside when I'm crying on the inside. I've been doing that for a long time. I don't really want to be alone. I don't want to do this alone. But it's required and I've got to do it. Today we're going to talk about a very unpopular subject. Um, we're going to be talking about divorce. Let's do this before we get into that heavy stuff. Um, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have been married over five years? Let me see your hands. All right, cool. Now, I want you to keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And I'm going to do, we're gonna, I want to see who is the longest married couple in here. All right? So let's do this. Okay. How many of y'all have been married for over 10 years? All right, cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, 12 years. All right. 18 years. Cool. 20 years? Okay, cool. 22 years? 25 years? All right. Uh, 30 years? All right, all right, good, good, good. Uh, 35 years? All right, cool. How long have you been married? 45 years. Wow. And you don't look a day over 46. That is amazing. You know, here's the thing. If I was going to ask the question, how many of y'all think you're going to make it to 45 years of marriage? All right, very good. Some of you would say, you know, it's possible, Chris. It's possible that, that we're going to make it to 45 years of marriage. Um, today we're going to talk about statistically it may be possible, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it's not probable. Because 
of statistics and just in our culture. Did you know this, that 90% of people get married? 90% of people will choose to get married, and statistically, 50% of those will get divorced. They will get divorced. Now, those who get divorced, 75% of those will get married again. Now, I want you to listen to these statistics. Um, for second marriages, the divorce rate is 67%. The divorce rate for third marriages is 74%. Marriages and marriage is on the endangered species list. If you remember two weeks ago when we started this series, John minus Kate leaves eight, we really talked about a central passage of scripture. And it was in Deuter uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. And it says this. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united to one. That first week we talked about in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, that word for joined was the word for glue. Y'all remember that? That God... Marriage is when God takes two and sticks them like glue. And that's what we did with this piece of paper. That we took two and we stuck them like glue. Now today we're going to talk about the very unhappy and not very fun of side of when you take one and you make them into two again. see, divorce is taking one and making it into two again. Now notice, there's nothing pretty about this. There wasn't an even, clean split. And divorce is never an even, clean split. You always leave pieces of yourself on that spouse. And some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there. I want to say this very clearly from up front. If you have had a divorce, we're not going to beat up on you today. One of the things I was praying, even while y'all were worshiping, is that I would speak truth, but I would also speak hope. Um, you need to know that if you're divorced, you're not damaged goods. But you may feel like this. You may feel like this. And you may feel like sometimes you look like this. It's like this. My wife's going to come out. Let me tell you what what marriage is. And this is a, a great picture. This was actually her idea. This is my wife, Vanna Kim White. Um, right That's good. All right, cool. Marriage is when you take all of you and all of her and you put it in the relationship and you pour it into the relationship. Should have practiced this, huh? Come on, let's keep going. It is how it is at home. All right. Cool. All right. Now, look at this. Now, you have taken all of who you are. I've taken all of who I am. And she has taken all of who she is. And you pour it into the relationship. Now, if I would say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this and I want you to separate the different colors of sand. How many of y'all think that you could do it? 
No. Because it would be time-consuming, and I think it would probably be impossible. Thank you, baby. I want you to, I'm going to leave this out here. Because this, many times, is what we choose to do. We try, okay, I'm going to take part of me out, and I'm going to take, and we're going to try to separate ourselves. Divorce is never clean. It's never amicable. It is always difficult. So many people believe the lie that's on the screen right behind me. Look at this. Let's everybody say that. Getting divorced is better than being unhappy. You see, so many times people believe that. In fact, you even heard on the video that I need to do what's best for my kids. I, I need to be happy. They need to be happy. It's not good for the kids to see us arguing. But I want to ask this question. Is that true? You know, when we look at the divorce rate here in the United States, 80%, everybody repeat that for me, 80%. 80% of people get divorced not because of abuse, not because of adultery, not because of abandonment. They get divorced because they're unhappy. They call it a no-fault divorce. 80% of divorces are because of irreconcilable differences. There's a huge trend of people getting divorced because they're unhappy. And just to let you know, this is not an, even a new trend. It's kind of exploded, but this trend was the same thing that was happening back in Jesus' day. In Matthew chapter 19, let's all take a look. Matthew chapter 19, um, verse 3, this is what is happening with Jesus and his disciples. Some Pharisees. Pharisees are professional religious people. You probably know some people like that. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, tried to trap Jesus. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? I mean, any reason. Jesus says, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning. Now look at this next verse. God made them male and female. And he says, this explains while a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now, where did he quote that from? Genesis chapter 2. That's exactly right. Verse 24, he continues. Since they are no longer two, but one. Since they're no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Jesus is clearly saying that God, that divorce is, is not what God wants. Clearly. But the professional religious people, these Pharisees, continue to press down the issue. And they say in verse 7, Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? They're quoting a verse we'll get ready to look at in just a sec. And Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts. Everybody say hard hearts. You see, what happens, and the problem in most marriages is that right there. We have hard hearts. Either one of us or both of us, but we have hard, brittle hearts. I'm going to continue reading. But that is not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces, divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife or the husband has been unfaithful. 
You see, their rules and their thinking about divorce was primarily guided by one passage of Scripture, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. It's the law that the Pharisees quoted from. The law was written by Moses. God wrote the law, and Moses is the one who actually was the hand in writing it down. But God is telling Moses what to write, and this is what 24.1 says this. Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him, having discovered something wrong with her. I want you to kind of put that in the back of your mind. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes her a letter of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. There was a big debate in Jesus' day. There was two schools of thought. One school of thought said, you know what? The only grounds from this Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1, that what Moses was talking about, the only thing he was talking about there was adultery. That if somebody in the relationship had committed adultery, then God permits, allows divorce. There was this other school of thought saying, you know what? That's not right. That's a little too narrow-minded. We've got to broaden our horizons. And if you're not happy, you know, if you're struggling, in fact, they even had some rabbis said this, that a person, a guy could give his wife a, a letter of divorce if uh, he sees her talking to another guy in public. Or even if she burns his toast. Burns his toast. Dear Lord. All right? So these two schools of thought in here. So which one is it? Is it adultery or is it for, you know, whatever reason... You want. It's kind of like our society today, don't you think? I've heard some people say, well, the Bible is just not relevant for today. Eh, you're probably wrong. I think it is. It totally is. In Jesus' day, everybody's getting divorced, and Jesus comes out against this idea of whatever you want. If, you, if you're not unhappy, whatever, you just go ahead and you jump to another relationship. Jesus comes and takes this very strong stance and saying, what Moses is saying in Deuteronomy 24, 1 is this, that it is only adultery. Now, here's a great question. Is Jesus saying the only basis for divorce is adultery? The answer is no. What Jesus is doing is he's taking 24, 1, Deuteronomy 24, and he's interpreting it. He's interpreting it, and he's, he's narrowing it down. This is what Moses' original intention is. But we find out later in the Bible that a dude named Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he gives another reason. Let's look at that. If a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. Now, some of you, that's exactly where you're at. You're at church this morning and your spouse is at home. All right? And you're thinking, okay, God didn't put this relationship together. I'm a Christian. He's not, and, you know, or she's not. So I can get out, right? Well, what does 1 Corinthians chapter 7 say? No. I'm going to keep on reading. Don't you wise realize, and I think the reason why Paul is saying on the wise is because we know that guys, spiritually, we can be clawed sometimes, right? I mean, so, so many people, I'll never forget uh, being in Iowa and pastoring. I remember knocking on somebody's door and I says, hey, my name's Chris. I'm a local preacher in town. And literally, this is what this person said. I'm going to go get the women because they're into that religion thing. Really? All right, great. What's amazing is God ended up changing this, this dude's heart. He started coming to church. It was a really good thing. But that's kind of how guys think, all right? 
Um, so, don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? Did you know that? In fact, let, let me just say this. How many of you in here got saved first in your relationship and your spouse eventually got saved? Anyone? All right. There's a person right back here. Thank you so much. Another person right back here. It, it, a lot of times it happens. It varies like that. God's saying that the husbands might be saved because of you. And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to each other. Paul gives this reason. If somebody wants out of the relationship, you can't force someone to stay, right? And some of you, that is exactly where you're at. You, you're in a relationship right now and you're giving it 100%. You've poured all of yourself into that. You've poured all yourself into this and this other spouse is like, I'm willing to give 20%. It's not a 20-20. It's not even a 50-50 type of deal. You, it's 100%, 100%. And if one person wants to walk out of the relationship, you can't keep them from leaving. I wish you could. I wish you could. I, I wish there was a magic bullet, but you can't. And it's their issue. And some of you, you've been in relationships where you wanted to fight for this relationship and the other spouse said, see ya. And, and you got to let them go. And in this verse saying, you know what? You know what? It, it, there's, there's, there's freedom there. I know you're still hurting, but they, in a way, they've abandoned you. But here's the thing I want to land on today. So many people get divorced not because of adultery or abandonment or abuse. They get Divorce because I'm not happy. I'm not happy. They're unhappy in their marriage. And I want to say from the get-go, I don't want you to think I'm making light of your unhappiness. I can't imagine what it, it just must feel like being in a relationship that's just cold and dark and there's no love. So I don't want you to think I am making light of your unhappiness. What I'm saying is simply this, that getting out of the relationship is not going to be some of you might be thinking, yes, it is. Right? But I'm telling you, biblically, I'm going to show to you today, but even if, if you're here today and you've never been to church before, and maybe you don't even believe the Bible, you know what? I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to prove to you from a secular worldview that getting divorced is not going to make you any happier. Because i got some great statistics and research today that I've never, ever heard of, and I'll give you the truth, you're never, ever going to heard of. You've never heard of it as well. Research says getting a divorce does not make someone happy. For starters, there's economic. There's an economic blow. I can't tell you all the times I've heard people say, well, it's going to be amicable. We're just going to split it 50-50. It's going to be cheap. It's never amicable. If it was amicable, you would stay together, right? Seriously. Did you know this? In the average divorce in America costs $20,000. This is amazing. I got this off of a, like a, um, a, a great website. Um, it says this, that divorce is a $28 billion a year industry. That's according to MaritalStatus.com. $28 bill. billion. Now, not only that, a Harvard study found this, that it's especially tough on women and children, that when a, when, when a woman gets divorced from her husband and the woman has a child, that in the first year after the separation, after the divorce, there is a 73% decline in their standard of living. So there's an, there's an economic cost, but there's also an emotional cost. 
Psychologists say this, that divorce is the most painful and stressful experience in life outside the death of a child. When rated on 12 separate measures of psychological well-being, researchers found that unhappily married people who to divorce were no happier than unhappy people who stay married. Did you hear that? Unhappily married people who divorce were no happier than unhappily people who stay married because divorce did not reduce depression, divorce didn't raise self-esteem, and it did not increase a person's, uh, their idea of control of their life. Unhappy spouses who divorced and remarried were no happier on average than people who were unhappy and stay married. And the reason why, it's what we talked about last week. When you divorce, you take all of your junk, all the stuff that's coming out of you, and what do you do? You get remarried, and the second marriage starts looking like the first marriage. And the third marriage starts looking like the second marriage. Why? What's the constant? You! It's exactly right. See, you're unhappy not because of a person. You're unhappy because there's something going on in here. Now, I'm not saying, you know, she, she may have issues and he might have issues. And we're going to talk about today practically how you can work on those. But see, second, third, fourth marriages start feeling like the first marriages because you're in it. The myth that it's better to divorce than to be unhappy is really a shapeshifter. Because this is our idea. Well, I'm unhappy. So I want to get a divorce. And my, I, you know, kid, my kids, they need a parent who's happy. And I can't be happy with her, so I'm going to get a divorce. because, And that will make the kids happy. My kids need a mom who's happy. My kids need a dad who's happy. And I'm getting ready to share with you some information that is going to rock your world. Because, and I guarantee you've never heard. Because here's what, here's what research says. That in set, except in cases of physical violence and abuse, children do better when their parents stay together. In fact, that's our big idea today. Children. Children do better when the parents stay together, even when the parents are unhappy. Except for cases of violence or abuse, children do better when the parents stay together. Now, this is not just a conservative worldview. This is not even what, just even what the Bible says. This is just secular research tells us this. And amazingly, research, you know, the, it, we're just discovering stuff that the Bible, it's been in there all along. Children from divorced homes have higher level of behavioral problems in school, drug abuse, rebellion. Children from divorced families are seven times more likely to go through depression. The next time you hear someone say, hey, my children need to be in a home that's happy, Ask them this. You need to do this lovingly, but ask them, where are you getting your research? Because, I'll tell you, you're getting it from Oprah. And Oprah is jacked up. All right? All right, moving on. That wasn't in my notes. All right, flip, <laughs> flip to Malachi chapter 2, all right? Malachi chapter 2. Okay, we were in Matthew. If you'll just hang a left and go one book before that, it's the last book of the Old Testament. And we're going to look at very subtle what God thinks about divorce. He just drops a subtle hint. Hope you, hope you get it. Um, now, some of you are going to get mad when I get ready to read because you're going to think, that's just your opinion, Chris. Well, it's not my opinion. I'm reading it from the Bible. And if you don't like God's opinion, Tough. Um, because he's bigger than you and he rose from the dead. So anyway, we're going to move on. Um, Malachi chapter 2 verse 13 says this. Here's another thing you do. 
You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because He pays no attention to your offerings. He doesn't accept them with pleasure. And you cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I mean, these people were in church Sunday after Sunday. And they're putting money in the offering plate and they're worshiping. They're raising their hands. They're singing, beautiful Jesus. They're singing all this wonderful stuff. And God's not doing anything in their life. And they're complaining, why, God? How come you're not doing anything in my life? And then God answers them. Look at this, verse 14. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young. But you've been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Everybody say the word covenant. Now let me tell you what we got in America. We got a contract. A contract. This is not a contract. This is a covenant. In fact, I want to show you just a quick video clip. This is how most people in a marriage view their wedding vows. It's a contract, not a covenant. Let's take a look. Divorce is the unforgivable sin. And a lot of churches, they look at you, you know, you're damaged goods, and you can't do stuff for God now. Again, that's messed up. Some people say, well, I, you know, Chris, I've made some mistakes in my past, and, you know, I'm not married to the very first, you know, can God still use me? The answer is yes. You are not damaged goods. God can always use you. Always. He can use you. So I don't want you to think, well, if I've had a divorce, then God hates me. He doesn't. He hates when people split up because this is what it does to people. It, it makes you feel like you are just torn in two because that is what it does. And he wants to protect people from this. So let's keep on going. Verse 16, I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your life. God is poetic, poetically comparing divorce with being cruel and violence, and with good reason, because great harm comes from divorce. Um, even if you don't believe the Bible, research says that getting out, if you're unhappy, getting out of a, of a marriage is not going to fix it. So maybe you're, you're here today and you're thinking, well, okay, I'm unhappy in my marriage, so am I stuck? The answer, no. You're not stuck. People can still change. You can still change. Uh, two people wrote this book. These are two non-Christian sociologists from the University of Chicago wrote a book called The Case for Marriage, Linda Waite and Maggie Gallagher. And they did a study that showed that the majority of unhappy marriages that don't end in divorce not only don't stay unhappy and don't get worse, they actually get better. Have you even heard of this? Amazing. You ought to look at it on Amazon. Among unhappily married people who stuck it out for five years, 86% of people who rated their marriage as unhappy said that their marriage was happier now. And among couples who rated their marriage as very unhappy, 77% reported that their marriage to be very happy five years later. You don't hear that statistic on TV or on Oprah. Now listen to what these two authors have to say about to the unhappily married. And that may be all of us in here. I don't know. The chance, and by the way, if you're happy in marriage, give it time. You know what I mean? Some of you, I'm happy now. Well, again, we've all been unhappy. All right? Talk to me and my wife about our first year of marriage. This is, anyway, um, this is what the two authors have to say. 
the chances that your marriage will get worse are very low. The chances that your marriage will last and get better are overwhelming. If you're unhappily married, did anyone ever tell you that the odds are actually on your side? And I continue to quote, the odds are actually to your favor of your marriage getting better if you don't throw in the towel. Wow. I'm begging you with everything in my being that there are some people in here you're ready to throw in the towel because you're unhappy. And I'm going to tell you, throwing in the towel doesn't make you any happier. It doesn't make you any happier. In fact, it usually brings more depression and more unhappiness. And if you're still married and you like to read marriage books, you know what? You need to keep on reading them. And you know what? If, if you're unhappy in, in your marriage, then go to counseling. And let's just put the cookies on the bottom shelf here, okay? Guys, it's usually us that don't want to go to counseling because we've got this pride issue, right? Suck it up, all right? Adjust. Most of us think in, in, in is a contract that if you do this, then I will do this. If you will do this, then I will do this. But see, a covenant says this. You, you, you know what? It doesn't matter what you do. You fill in the blank. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. That is a covenant. A covenant is where I just, you know what? I'm just, I'm in it no matter what. In fact, isn't that what you said at the altar, right? You said, till debt, no, death, do us part, right? If it was debt, y'all would be gone a long time ago, right? Death. Till death do us part. And that's what it's all about. It is a covenant. Now the reason why God wants us to be that committed in our marriage to one another is because when we ask Jesus Christ to be our Savior, He's that committed to you. That when you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, He is that committed to you. And He is never walking out on you. He's never divorcing, divorcing you because He loves you. It's a covenant, not a contract. And some of you, you got this whole religious salvation system thing going on. Well, if I, if I pay up or I'm doing this good or you know, if I'm doing this, then God's going to love me. And the answer is behind door number two, eh, all right? God loves you all the time. He gave His Son, and while we were yet sinners, He died for us, Romans 5, 8 says. So that's the reason why He gets frustrated. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you hate? What do you hate? Let me tell you what I hate. I hate stupid rules. I hate them. All right? It just bugs me. Um, another thing I hate, driving in traffic. All right? If, you, if you're ever, and, and you know, if, you're, if we're ever in traffic and I'm blowing the horn and I'm yelling at you, I'm, I'm just going to warn you. I just, I'm, this is something God's working on in my life. I hate traffic. How many of y'all hate traffic? Come on. Put your hand. Say, y'all ever going, you're looking at me bad, Pete Preacher. You know, you're a bad person, but all of y'all are bad. So, well, let's just move on. All right, we're all on the same ground. I, that's what I hate. Let me tell you what God hates. He just drops a subtle hint in Malachi 2.16. Just see if you get it. Very subtle. Okay. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. Let me tell you what that doesn't say. God did not say, I hate divorced people. There's a big difference. Because in a lot of churches, divorce is the unforgivable sin. In a lot of churches, they look at you, you know, you're damaged goods. And you can't do stuff for God now. Again, that's messed up. 
Some people say, well, I, you know, Chris, I've made some mistakes in my past, and, you know, I'm not married to the very first, you know, can God still use me? The answer is yes. You are not damaged goods. God can always use you. Always. He can use you. So I don't want you to think, well, if I've had a divorce, then God hates me. He doesn't. He hates when people split up because this is what it does to people. It makes you feel like you are just torn in two because that is what it does. And he wants to protect people from this. So let's keep on going. Verse 16, I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your life. God is poetically comparing divorce with being cruel and violence, and with good reason, because great harm comes from divorce. Um, Even if you don't believe the Bible, research says that getting out, if you're unhappy, getting out of a a marriage is not going to fix it. So maybe you're here today and you're thinking, okay, I'm unhappy in my marriage, so am I stuck? The answer, no. You're not stuck. People can still change. You can still change. Uh, Two people wrote this book. These are two non-Christian sociologists from the University of Chicago wrote a book called The Case for Marriage, Linda Waite and Maggie Gallagher. And they did a study that showed that the majority of unhappy marriages that don't end in divorce not only don't stay unhappy and don't get worse, they actually get better. Have you even heard of this? Amazing. You ought to look at it on Amazon. Among unhappily married people who stuck it out for five years, 86% of people who rated their marriage as unhappy said that their marriage was happier now. And among couples who rated their marriage as very unhappy, 77% reported that their marriage to be very happy five years later. You don't hear that statistic on TV or on Oprah. Now listen to what these two authors have to say about to the unhappily married. And that may be all of us in here. I don't know. The chance, and by the way, if you're happy in marriage, give it time. You know what I mean? Some of you, I'm happy now. Well, again, we've all been unhappy. All right? Talk to me and my wife about our first year of marriage. This is, anyway, um, this is what the two authors have to say. The chances that your marriage will get worse are very low. The chances that your marriage will last and get better are overwhelming. If you're unhappily married, did anyone ever tell you that the odds are actually on your side? And I continue to quote, the odds are actually to your favor of your marriage getting better if you don't throw in the towel. Wow. I'm begging you with everything in my being that there are some people in here you're ready to throw in the towel because you're unhappy. And I'm going to tell you, Throwing in the towel doesn't make you any happier. It doesn't make you any happier. In fact, it usually brings more depression and more unhappiness. And if you're still married and you like to read marriage books, you know what? You need to keep on reading them. And you know what? If if you're unhappy in, in your marriage, then go to counseling. And let's just put the cookies on the bottom shelf here, okay? Guys, it's usually us that don't want to go to counseling because we've got this pride issue, right? Suck it up. All right? Adjust your cup and get back in there. Right? Seriously. Seriously. Can I just say that in church? I think I just did. All right? Get back in there. 
because you don't have it all together. Ladies, do you agree with that? But y'all are really happy about that one. All right. All right, cool. Go anyways, because divorce never fixes the problem. It usually brings more. It usually brings more. Don't stop. You know, get into a small group. We've got group link coming. Get into a small group and hang out with other couples who are struggling. I think I've shared this with you guys before, but our very first small group here at One Church, we were kind of shallow in our group relationally until one day we came in and Kim was fighting with me and I was fighting with her and we were, all right? And everybody's in the group going, he's our pastor. He's really messed up. And, and I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this, right? But you know what? The guys, uh, the, the, we went our separate way. We went to Steak and Shake. They went to Chili's. We got, you know, and, and we talked through it. And it was a good thing because they realized, you know what? We've been struggling in our relationship as well. And now that I see you struggling, it's okay to show you my hurts and my struggles. It's okay. What I don't want you to do is give in the towel. You need to keep on fighting. But what if you're committed to the relationship and the other spouse isn't? Today, I want to I want to bring out on stage a, a good friend of mine that I've known for years. Um, her name is Danelia, and if y'all would give it up for Danelia, let me tell you a little bit about Danelia. How you doing? Good. All right. Thanks, dude. I'll let you sit down first. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Danelia, uh, she I've known her again for years. And a good friend of mine, she's one of the most godliest women I know. Um, she's in charge uh, of all of the babies here at One Church. And she does a great job. Let's give it up for that. All right. Taters. Very good. All right. Cool. And um, she's also plays on the One Church softball team. And uh, she could out-hit probably any of you guys. So anyway, um, you're really great. Uh, uh, Denia was uh, married for five years. And um, uh, recently her spouse wanted out. And... Uh, and she didn't. Uh, she didn't want the divorce. Um, but she's here today, and this is a very brave thing I want to say from the get-go. Uh, you just come in on the stage just for us dialoguing. But I just want to ask you a couple of questions, if I could. Um, what um, What has God shown you through this very difficult time? I think probably the biggest thing He's shown me is His love. Um, that no matter what we go through, He's never going to leave us. And um, He's brought me through it and um, just made me a lot stronger. What's helped you through this time? Um, my friends, my family, um, the family here I've got at one church. Um, there was a couple women that I got into where I could call every day if I needed to, anytime I needed to. Um, and I went out and bought a pocket Bible. And every time I felt like I was getting attacked, like everything was just falling apart around me, I was worthless, I would open it up and just read. And time and time again, God showed me that he was there, he was going to bring me through it, and he wasn't going to leave me. Um, what advice would you give? Would you give to someone who wants who wants to call it quits in their marriage? Um, just fight for it. Um, you got married for a reason. You loved them. Go go on dates. Go see a counselor. Talk to your pastor. Um, if you're a guy, talk to another guy. Christian guys. If you're a girl, talk to another Christian girls. Um, just do everything you can. What advice would you tell, because this is kind of in the experience you've been in, what advice would you tell that person who wants to fight it out in their marriage? They want, they don't want the divorce, but the other spouse does. 
what did you do? The biggest thing I did was continue to pray. Um, just pray and seek God's guidance. Um, pray that God would change his heart, but also that God would bring me through it. Um, and know that even if it does fail, even if you can't, like Chris said earlier, we can't. If our spouse wants out, there's nothing we can do. It's got to be God. And um, just know that if it does fail, God loves you. And as Chris said, you're not damaged goods. Um, you, God's going to love you no matter what. And he'll bring you through it. Um, Proverbs 21.1 says, uh, But just as water is turned into irrigation ditches, so the Lord directs the king's thoughts. He moves them wherever he wishes. And if the Lord can direct a king's thoughts, he can direct uh, your spouse's thoughts. So I think that's a great advice. Just pray. Um, because you can't change the heart, but God can. Really good. Next question. Um, what is God teaching you now? Um, he's teaching me to be patient. Um, teaching me to continue to trust in him, to follow him, um, to lean on him. Just knowing that, to know that he's there with me always, um, that he's not going to leave me. He will never leave you nor forsake you until Romans 8. This has been a very courageous thing, you know, because I know this is still a recent wound for you, and you're still in the process of healing. Um, and I don't mind, I'll be honest, last night on our Facebook, I, mean, I read it uh, right before I went to bed, because Kim, we both had our Mac computers in our beds, we had two, and she was doing her Facebook, and I was doing mine. It was kind of like Brady Bunch, I guess. Um, but uh, I noticed on your, uh, I'm nervous about tomorrow. And um, why, why would you even get up here and talk about this, even though it's, it's still so fresh? With everything that I've been through, the pain and the hurt, um, I just, uh, my prayer has been that God would use the situation that I've been through to help somebody else, um, whether it be help somebody to try and figure out how to save their marriage or help a spouse that's going through it themselves who's recently divorced or going through it um, just to encourage them and to be a friend to them um, to be the friend that I've had that I've, friends have given you know, the friends that I've had over the past few months um, wow thank you so very much for doing this before you leave, let's give it up for her do you mind if we pray with you real quick? All right, cool. Dear God, I just thank you so much for Denegia, Lord, and just uh, the godliness of her character, God. And um, it reminds me of James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, uh, Consider it all joy when you face various trials, um, for the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. It's going to produce godly character. And Lord, it's definitely done that with her. And Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord, for her willingness just to, to be up here and to. Uh, just to be honest and open and transparent, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord, for everything that you're doing in her life, Lord. And I just pray for her future, Lord. Um, uh, we don't know what uh, our, any of our future holds, Lord, but Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And I know you have plans for Danelia. I pray um, for that next relationship, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, um, uh, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, that you would continue to develop in her uh, her becoming Mrs. Wright, and Lord, that you would bring a Mr. Wright. We love you. Thank you very much. Um, I want to end today just by saying this. Um, I know there's probably two or three groups of people here that 
that I just want to talk to specifically as we close. And the first one is those who have went through a divorce. I just want to reiterate, it's you feel like that shredded piece of paper inside and out. And you feel like you've lost so much. But let me tell you what you've not lost. You've not lost the love of God. God still loves you. And you are not damaged goods. God still loves you. He still has a plan for you. And as we talked about last week, I want you to spend your time not looking for that Mr. or Mrs. Wright, but becoming Mr. or Mrs. Wright. And when God, in His perfect timing, He's going to bring somebody that's going to bless you. So I just want to say, God loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what Denia said, and she was quoting Romans chapter 8. The second people I want to talk to today is just, you feel like you're just, you are unhappy right now. And you want to throw in the towel. And you're angry and you're frustrated and you're pointing fingers and all of this stuff. And I would tell you that getting out of the relationship isn't going to fix you being unhappy. Because that's something that's inside of you. We talked a lot about that last week. That the thing you need to work on is spiritually growing inside. And how that happens here at One Church is getting into a community group. It's reading your Bible every day. All of us eat every day. Some of us eat even more than once a day. Amazing. And you know what? We should do that spiritually as well. And you may be here and you're like, man, I've not been to church since Coon's age. And I, I've just been out of it. And I don't even know if I have this relationship with God. Probably the best way we can close today is just by giving you that opportunity. And you may have doubted it. You know, you may have have been in a church 20 years ago or whatever, and you just, you're, you're struggling right now because of relational or other issues. But know this, God is saying, I love you, and I will always be here for you. Let's pray. Dear God, I just pray for those people right now who are just, right now, they're just, they're ready to just throw it in and give it up. But Lord, I just, I just thank you so much, Lord, that you don't do that with us. There's never, ever a point when you say, you know what, you've moved beyond my love. Never, God. Lord, I pray for those people in here today who, they just need to have a relationship with you. They feel like that there's this barrier between them. And there's this barrier between them and you, God. And there is a barrier. It's called sin. But Lord, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world to remove our sin if we would just be able to ask you to come into our heart and life and we would believe and trust in you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, just in their own words, that people right now who need to say, I need that relationship with you, that they would be able to do that. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for those people who are just willing to give in the towel, Lord, that you would, that you would let them fight for their relationship, fight for their marriage, because it's something worth fighting.
But it's so-